Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. We're talking about health and Wealth Wednesday, and I'm Carmelia. I'm going to be speaking today between 3 and 4 p.m., and I thought that I would give some tips, both uh, starting with health and then wealth, although, you know, as a matchmaker, both of these are important, right? They go hand in hand, and having a healthy relationship is also uh, going to have an impact in your pocketbook and your finance, so I love to take this room and sort of do more of a Q&A style. I will share a few tips that have helped me. And I also want to come from the space of authenticity to say, especially when it comes to health, I am not your, you know, fitness model, epitome of health and and always on it. So this conversation is really important to me. And I see some people on the stage um, and welcome those who are on the stage to share their tips and what's working for them as well. I really love to have sort of a a collaborative conversation and I want to hear what's working and what are you struggling with so that we can pour into one another and really learn and be in the space of learning. And before we do that, I just want to do a quick reset of the room for those who are just joining us and who are new to this stage. You are in the Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. We're here to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration daily from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern. That's Monday to Friday. And on the weekends, 6 a.m. to noon on Saturday. And we've got Club 111 on Sunday live on Clubhouse. And if you ever miss a segment or you want to re-listen to a favorite episode, you can actually download the Breakfast with Champions podcast to listen anytime. So that's incredible. It used to just be breakfast, but now we're once like onesies, elevensies, midday. It is running all day now. Head on over to breakfastwithchampions.live to grab the link and to subscribe to the podcast as well as to see everything else that they've got going on. All right. So let me start with uh, habits, healthy habits to include in your daily routine. And once again, I'm coming from the space of what I know to do and sometimes don't always do it. So for those of anybody who knows uh, or who wants to try and get something in, uh, and I actually haven't had my um, Garmin uh, step counter in a long time, but it's always great, guys, to get your steps in. If you can do nothing more but to choose to walk over Uber, to choose to, you know, Uh, get more steps in, whatever that looks like, whether it's up and down the stairs in your home, whether it's when you wake up, getting your your outfit on, getting active, walking around your house, taking your dog for a walk for those who have pets, taking your kids out to the park instead of having someone else take them to the park. Just get your steps in. And they say that the magic number should be 10,000 steps a day. Instead of an apple a day, 10,000 steps a day keeps the doctor away. And obviously it depends on your day. Sometimes you'll get more steps in 
and sometimes you'll get less. But having that as a metric uh, for you to know that you are getting up and active, walking burns calories, and exercise obviously helps to decrease your stress as well. A second healthy habit that's really important, and I do this with uh, being a mom, I see it a lot and I notice it on myself, is definitely, even right now, guys, check your posture. Are you sitting up straight? Are you slouching? Are you finding yourself bent over on your phone, looking down constantly? That's why they've got all these ergonomical desks or these stand-up desks now where uh, you know the desk is eye level or you're standing up versus sitting down. Maybe you want to change your um, you know static chair to the to that ball or to the exercise ball. Just making sure your posture is in line. I find that at the end of the day, sometimes when I have a headache or I feel sluggish, it's because I literally was slouching over. And by the way, when it comes to dating, posture is something that your date recognizes. It's something that you can see from across the room, you know, what and, and what you're going to be when you grow up, right? All these older folks or people that are getting up in years and you see them kind of naturally hunched over. That's a sign of bad posture. So be mindful to correct your posture, to sit up straight. And the more that you sit up straight, you put your shoulders back, you actually create more room and air to breathe in your chest. So make sure that your posture is up straight. You're not crossing your legs all the time. I'm guilty of that. My mom used to tell me that all the time. You're going to get varicose veins if you keep crossing your legs. So stand up every once in a while, you know, shake your body up. In fact, if you're doing that right, if you're sitting down right now and you've been a long time, I'm literally, oh, I'm going to stand up right now. Take a deep breath in, everyone. Take a deep breath out. Stretch your uh, arms. Get your head in it for a shake. Oh, my God, I can hear all the cracks in my neck right now. So make sure that you guys are sitting up straight and managing your posture, okay? Especially if you're working at a desk or a monitor, adjust everything so that you're looking straight and make sure to stretch every once in a while, which is my third tip or habit, stretching. I don't know how many people can still touch their toes. Um, I'm in my late 40s now and my flexibility has been compromised a tiny bit. So I definitely want to, to advise everybody a healthy habit that they can do is to stretch. And again, whether you stretch right now, you stretch your arms, you stretch your legs, you try to touch your toes. And by the way, when you do stretch, stretch should not be this, um, you know, rough motion. It should be a, an eight second count or a intentional prolonged stretch. It is not a bounce. I see some people stretching and they're going to hurt themselves. And actually, when I was at the Breakfast of Champions uh, with Glenn Lundy, the consortium, we uh, I was trained by, oh my gosh, I don't know the, uh, the gentleman, Mark, Mark Jenkins. Okay, there he is. Celebrity fitness trainer, Mark Jenkins. And one thing he taught me, which I didn't know, before you stretch, you actually want to get your heart pumping a little bit. You don't just go from cold muscle to stretch. Before we stretch, he actually had us like jog on the spot, get our heart rate up, get our body moving, maybe even going for a brisk jog so your muscles are warm before you stretch. I was doing that all wrong. Now, if there are some fitness experts here on the stage, I'd love to hear from you. In fact, I'm looking at Monica Darn, Monica, your muscles are popping over there. I, maybe you can give us a stretch tip, but that's what Mark Jenkins said. He said, make sure you stretch. So, Monica, if you're on the stage, can you flash your mic and maybe give a tip or two on the stretching? Did you hear that? Was that, was that I know everybody's got a different opinion, but what's your opinion on stretching cold versus stretching after your muscles have been warmed up? Thank you very much. This is Monica in the turquoise ring. And yes, so there's two different kinds of stretching. There's dynamic stretching and there is, well, I don't know if you'd call it steady state stretching, but it's longer stretching. And so the thing that you want to be sure that you're doing before you train is dynamic stretching. And that is where you warm your muscles up by, I usually will do a, like some uh, jumping jacks. I'll do a little bit of uh, like lunges, just gentle lunges, just to move my body first, swing my leg. I love my leg swings from the hip. I just swing it, just swing it like a, like a big old pendulum left and right, front and back. 
Well, and then when a you... second. Do you have to be on an apparatus to be doing that? Because I'm like, how do we swing our legs? Are we lying down? Like, I'm, I'm nope. not visualizing this. How does how do you do this? Nope. You just stand and you just you stand on one leg and you swing the other leg, just like just like a pendulum right oh, from your thank hip. You. OK, because I'm like, mm -hmm. how do you swing both legs at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, so you, yeah, you would just warm up a little bit like that. But the dynamic stretching before you train is important. You don't want to do like we when we think of stretching, we often think of the thing where you will pull your muscle and hold it and hold it and hold it. You don't want to do that because it actually it lengthens the muscle fibers and it weakens your muscle your muscular output for when you're training. You do that kind of stretching after you train. So a dynamic stretch would be something where you move into the stretch and then move back out of it. So it could be something like um, touching your toes. You go down, touch, and come back up. Go down, touch, and come back up. And if you if you just go into YouTube and put in dynamic stretching routine, you'll find a thousand of them. And that and it is really important because especially if you're over 25, like some of us might be <clears throat> on the stage, you you definitely want to not lurch into a training session. I take about a probably 10 to 11 full minutes on just a warm up stretching routine before I train because I am uh, I'm in the middle of my life and I prefer to take care of my joints and muscles so that I can train for the next 50 years. So there you have it. I'm Monica and the wow. Turquoise Ring. I'm out. Well, Monica, if uh, if your photo is any resemblance of like which I'm actually creeping you on Instagram right now. Um, yeah, please do uh, feel free to chime in and support me in this because I'm certainly not a fitness expert, but this is about health and wealth. So any amount of activity that you can do is important. Yes, Vernita, come on in. Come on into the discussion. What did you want to share? No, awesome, awesome, Carmelia. Always love your segments. I know I'm popping in Vernita Adele here, and uh, I actually want to chime in because Monica said something right there at the end, which was she wanted to be able to train for the next 50 years. I am actually a retired dancer. And so stretching has been a long, long part of my my history. And one of the things that I always encourage people in terms of keeping up a regular stretching routine is that it's going to keep you flexible as you get into your older years, as you get, become more seasoned. And with that flexibility, it's going to give you uh, more grace, you know, in terms of those everyday trips, falls, you know, slip downs that right now when you are younger, you can kind of just shake off and keep going. But as we get older, we know that, you know, slipping down the stairs or, or just being able to catch yourself without, you know, pulling a muscle are, are things that we uh, don't have as much grace for as we get older. So I highly recommend, I, I am a person who believes in warming up before stressing to maximize it even if you do you know 40 jumping jacks to get the the blood flowing uh, it will definitely improve your the impact of your stretching but in terms of start i would i mean highly if you don't already have a stretching routine start one today um, if you have stiffness in your back if you have you know overall just tightness it may even be worth going as far as doing a few sessions with a physical therapist who could give you exercises that are tailored to you uh, because again the older we get the less flexible we become and it makes it uh, more challenging to recover from everyday slips and falls so I definitely appreciate that health is wealth for sure Carmelia Bernita done speaking for the moment thank you oh my goodness yes uh, this is a my normal segment is Mondays 4 p.m. where I talk about media and I am here talking about health and wealth. So please, this is interactive. If you want to chime in and join the conversation at any point, please flash your mic. All right, Storm, my man, the, this guy, you look like the, the, the picture of health to me. So what would you like to chime in and share on this topic? Well, Carm, I have to say that Monica and, and Vernita did an amazing job of, you know, talk about static and, and dynamic stretching, right? And so it really depends also if you think about the outcome. So I can give you a great example of two things. Now, I know all of us are athletic at some point in our lives, and some of us are still athletic and active. And, you know, for volleyball, we would actually not stretch very much before. What we would do was we would go through the motions, and you would find our static stretching we were required after a two or three hour practice to do static stretching afterwards. 
Now, when you're using your fast twitch muscles, which is, you know, typically like the explosion type muscles for like sprinting and whatnot, you'll notice the way that track athletes warm up are different than the way football warm up or basketball. So keep in mind that you can tailor your stretching and get programs. And I think Monica is a great resource. And, uh, you know, she is someone who is very well versed in that. And then, I, you know, when it comes to martial arts, we do dynamic stretching. We do 30 to 45 minutes. And so we'll get our heart rate pumping with some uh, with some laps. And then what we will do is we will talk specifically on how to get our muscles ready to go for power, for kicks, for rolling, for flexibility, for doing all of these things. So, you know, really, truly, I think you're hitting on something because you don't just have to do this athletically. You can do it before you go to work. And it's going to increase your brain function and capacity because now that your blood is flowing through your body, your oxygen is flowing to your brain and you helped to minimize or eliminate the brain fog when you initially start your day. So I think it's not just for exercise. I think, Carm, when you said start the day that way i think that is one of the things that's the difference between a good performer and a top performer they do the little things to make sure they're ready to go i love that oh my god i love that i'm surrounded by all of these health and wealth experts and uh, people who are interested in this conversation and if you feel like others are gonna uh, be empowered and inspired by this conversation please hit that plus sign have them come into our room. I'm so excited to be here with you guys right now. All right. Now, along with stretching, let's move on to some healthy habits. Your diet, from what I understand, the 80-20 rule, what you put in your body is also going to uh, contribute to your health. Eating more fruits and vegetables, eating more le or less processed food and more of the good stuff. Now, I'm Canadian, for those who don't know. A lot of people think I'm American, but I'm Canadian. And the Canadian Food Guide recommends that you fill at least half of your plate with a variety of vegetables. And for every meal, add some green leafy vegetables and some you know, fruits and all of that stuff. And it's great for the kids. Instead of feeding our kids with you know, I know my 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 um I see bear paws in our in our daughter's cabinet. I see goldfish. I see all of these easy to use snacks or um you know how do you call it fast food snacks for kids. But putting vegetables on their plate and our plate, I think eating more fruits and vegetables as well. Great healthy habit to have. And if you want chips instead, go for crunchy um crunchy celery and or cucumbers, which are also way way better for you. Finally, a next one, drinking more water. I am guilty of this so much. And one thing that I saw recently, I don't know for those of you who are, I'm not really a big reality show fan, but there's this big mug and it is like a two liter bottle uh, jug of water. I'd love to hear how people on this stage are getting in their water intake or for those who are struggling with water, let me hear from the fitness people about how they're getting their water intake and what are they doing. I saw this cup on Amazon or this thing on Amazon that basically has a timer during the middle of the day and it's at eight o'clock, say, say it's 8 a.m. It's like, you should drink this much. By 11 o'clock, come on, get your water. By 12 o'clock, um, go, uh, you know, it's basically every single time uh, until the end of the day, it's making sure that you've dr you you've had your fill of that much water, and I'm waiting for that to arrive because I'm really guilty of not getting enough water. So let's hear from people on the stage. How are you getting your water in there, Rocky Queen? Go ahead. Oh, you're in the matrix, Rocky. Cannot hear you. All right, we're going to come back to you. She's in the matrix. Storm, did you want to chime in on the water piece? Okay, this is right up my alley. And so um, when you talked about measuring throughout the day, it's important to uh, kind of take a measurement as far as when you do go to the bathroom as well. If it's clear, you're in the clear. If it's at all yellow, you're dehydrated. And so a lot of that sipping is, I, it sounds crazy, but I do carry around a gallon of water when I'm out and about. And, you know, a great, habit is to start if you finish your day by putting a an eight ounce glass of water next to your bedside and when you wake up in the morning that's the first thing that you grab instead of your phone you're automatically starting on the right foot 
So having that eight ounces of water in the morning will help you get your vital organs going. Considering you're in a dehydrated state, it allows your brain to start functioning. And I would just add on, if, if you do research about alkalinic water, I'm a big fan of alkaline and keeping your body alkaline instead of acidic. So that's just something, as you said, buy that whatever it takes, right? If you need to get something that you can measure your water with throughout the day and say at 11 o'clock, I need to be at this level. Yeah, um, I've done this for seven years. Love that you got that. So absolutely. yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm waiting for that. And to be and here, let me ask you this question. And Rocky, I'm sure she's going to fix her, her being in the matrix. Um, have you heard storm the difference between drinking a cold glass of water versus I've also had other experts say drink lukewarm or or hot water with tea in uh, sorry with lime or fresh lemon in the morning. So what do you, what do you have to say about that? I say lukewarm water is always good. Research has shown both ways. I would say the lemon or the lime is big to keeping your body alkalinic as well. So big thumbs up if you can get a fresh lemon or lime. Hot dog, go for it. Amazing. Okay, Rocky, um, did you want to see if you can, if you're in a better situation? Go ahead. Yeah, can you hear me okay? Yes, okay, that's way better. Go ahead. Yay, okay. So, um, I have this cup that it's a mug. If you, It's called Hydrate, H-I-D-R-A-T-E. I hate water. I'm sorry, I know it's sad, we're made of water, but I can't stand drinking water. Right? No taste. <laughs> so, the Hydrate mug has this little light at the bottom of it and, you, and, a, and a battery. What happens is, is it connects to an app on your phone and every time you need to drink water it reminds you the light flashes as you're drinking the water it measures it on the app so i know in my phone it tells me i need to drink 76 ounces of water a day and so throughout the day it's trying to make me get to um that amount of water so it keeps blinking every so often to remind you to drink the water and then you can measure it and the fun thing about the app is you can connect it with other people so like i have it connected with my coworkers, and we have water drinking competitions so it's like the best ever because once I see that I'm blinking, then I know that I need to drink my water. And the other thing, um, Carmelia, for the lemon and lime, I honestly, I do lemon, lime, mint, and I put a little bit of cayenne pepper, and it helps you to burn belly fat. I've been drinking that for about two weeks now and flat as a pancake, and I haven't had a flat Ooh, belly Ooh, okay, you just, <laughs> you gave the recipe for the uh, master cleanse. It's the master cleanse. That's the Beyonce diet where you drink. Do you know that? It's cayenne pepper, maple syrup, and uh, what's the other ingredient? It's cayenne, maple syrup, and lime or lemon. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know nothing about maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, put, I know the lemon and lime and the mint does you, does you good. So I, I like that combination. So I love that. All right. We have Mark Jenkins who's joining us, and he is going to be the next speaker in this Health and Wealth Wednesday. Uh, you are in the Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Club. Thank you for being here. Please do, if you feel so inclined, to follow the moderators on stage and the speakers. There are so many speakers here that are pouring in that are sharing what they know. And you're welcome to ask questions. The hand raise button is open. And uh, I love to be able to pour in and to answer questions because this isn't just for me. I'm doing my best and I've done my research and I've gotten to the point where I am in my life by taking care of my health. And we're going to pivot to wealth in the second part of this conversation. But I'm going to keep going. So one of the things, whenever I have done um, a diet and, you know, the word diet to so many people in the fitness world is, is like a cringe word because if we, it's more about lifestyle, right? When you can create it so that you're not having to always go on these diets, but you're making choices that are just good for you. And then it becomes that habit, right? Where you're not forcing yourself to drink that water, right? I mean, it's great that we have these tools, whether it's the measuring cup, whether it's that blinking light on our cup to say, drink your water, whether it's an app on our phone or the steps that we're watching. Like when it becomes something that you just do on a regular, consistent basis, it now becomes your lifestyle. I know for most people waking up and brushing their teeth, that is like a no brainer, right? Or waking up and going to the bathroom, like your body just wants to go to the bathroom you have no control over that. It's sort of involuntary. So when you can get to a point where exercise is involuntary and you're just doing it because you created that habit and that without it, you kind of almost feel like, wow, something's missing. 
that's really the goal that I'm trying to achieve. So that's more about building healthy habits. All right. In terms of also um, health on the health side, I really think it's so important to practice self-care. And I say this as a busy, quote unquote, mompreneur. I'm the mother to three children, an adult, a teen, and a toddler. Okay, well, she's more than a toddler. She's five now. But that being said, there are so many things that excuses that I can make. And the last person who can tend to be taken care of is myself. So take these micro vacations, take the time off, disconnect from your phone as needed, because that's also going to attribute to your mental health. I think there's a lot of conversation. I'm not sure the conversations we had today about physical health. And I and for those who are just chiming in, we recapped a little bit about checking your posture, getting your steps in, making sure that you're stretching, eating more, uh, less processed food, more fruits and vegetables, drinking a lot more water. Um, and also in order to get all that done, it's preparing for that the night before. There are some people that do those things in the morning and there's others that prepare for it the evening before. I'd love to hear from those on stage. Are you someone that preps in the morning for your day or are you someone that preps in the evening for your day? Flash your mic if you'd like to share from that perspective. Ooh. Are you, a, go ahead, who's, go ahead, Bernita. I got to tell you, I was like, ooh, I feel convicted. This is in my, this is how I feel about it. In my mind, the more I prep the night before, the better I'm set up for the next day. But I find that it doesn't, it happens more 50-50. And that just seems to be my natural rhythm. I definitely believe in our ability to create new habits. But I've just never been that person, for example, who like lays out their clothes the night before so you don't have to think about it in the morning. You can just get up and go. <laughs> that, although that's nice in reality to imagine that, right? Right. And that's the person who like always has all the, you know, all the lunches made the night before and all those things. Um, but what I will say in terms of self-care and preparing myself for the next day, I've really been working on my nighttime self-care routine of winding down earlier having a prayer and meditation practice at night, not just in the morning. And then um, the last piece of it too, is that um, I loved what Storm said about the water. You know, I actually do that. I have the glass of water for myself um, by my nightstand at the end of the night. So it's the first thing that I have in the morning. So I try to start the day with water, end the day with water. And um, that prayer and meditation practice or some light yoga to, to help the brain turn off helps me get a better night's sleep and with a better night's sleep ooh, that makes a huge difference that makes all the difference if I'm rested for the next day everything else could be in chaos but I'm a lot more prepared to show up for life if I'm rested um, and the last thing I'll say about water I just generally say you know more water than wine if we can keep the balance of more water than wine you know we've made progress Bernita <laughs> done speaking for the moment I love that. All right. Is there anyone else on stage that is an either a night person that prepares for the next day or a morning person that plans her day in the morning? Would love to hear one more share. If not, I'll move on to the next point. Okay, go ahead. I'd like to share. Yes, of I'd course. Like to share. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I kind of prepare my day the night before. And I think that's kind of my um, nighttime routine, my meditation. So I plan out what I'm going to wear, plan out what I'm going to eat. I um, try and drink my last um, water at six o'clock so that I don't wake up in the middle of the night. And I do my Bible study in the night. You know, I, I read the Psalms. I love the Psalms. And um, so I plan my day in the night. And um, in the morning, I'm ready to go. So when I get onto Clubhouse, I... I do my celery juice um, in the morning uh, when I'm listening to Clubhouse. I make my salad. I post it on Instagram, and um, and then I go out for a walk, and then I come back, and I take a shower, and I get ready to work, and um, and I get get on with my day, and I try and wind down. At um, I'm an empty nester, so everybody's in school, so I I, I try and wind down at eight o'clock, so I have ample time to do my night routine and prepare for the next day so so my life is pretty simple Sim I, I love it. that and thank I, you for sharing and I also wanted to acknowledge you 
that on the first line of your bio, as I read, you are on a journey to release 44 pounds from your body. So I'm going to follow you over on Instagram and watch your journey. So thank you so much for sharing that. I love it. All right. Before I pass on part now to the wealth section, for those who are morning people, and this is something if you're listening in the audience and if you're on stage, one of uh, the books that I've read and one of the challenges that I've been on is the 30-Day Miracle Morning Challenge. And the Miracle Morning Routine, written by Hal Elrod, is based on the seven principles called Savers. I will quickly break down Savers. It's an entire thing. I probably can do something on this in a future segment. But this is the acronym for Savers, and it can all be done in the morning. These are for people who get up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m., probably Glenn at 3 a.m. So savers, silence, S is for silence. First thing you do when you wake up is to be in silence, right? Be quiet in your mind, block out all the chatter through meditation, prayer, or focused breathing. The next thing you're going to do, A stands for affirmations. So this is the time that you're going to tell yourself encouraging words to achieve your goals overcoming your feels, feeling happy. So thinking and writing down the affirmations, what you want, how you want to feel, what you want to get accomplished that day. The next is visualization. So this is literally you imagining yourself doing the thing that you need to do for the day and imagine what it feels like to succeed. And for some people, that visualization is also visualizing your future bigger goal and seeing yourself doing that and all the activities of the day going towards that accomplishment. E stands for exercise. This you do in the morning. I know there are some people that will debate when they do the exercise, but if you can eat that frog or cough up that lizard, take care of that thing in the morning, whether that exercise is going for a walk, a jog, getting moving, doing those, you know, um, stretches after you've, you've uh, did a little bit of that cardio and it allows your blood and oxygen to start flowing to the brain and waking you up. Now, R is for reading. Reading is to fill your brain with positive thoughts, ideas to improve yourself. The more you read, so many successful people that I know that are here on Clubhouse in real life are avid readers. So they're filling their brain with things that are going to help them improve, learn, increase, retain memory, all of those good things. And the last and final thing is S is for scribing, and that can be, translate to journaling. So writing down in your journal, processing your thoughts, reflecting on what you've achieved, being grateful, whether it's writing three things that you're grateful for, what you're grateful for. You can do whatever you want in that scribing, but those, that is the miracle morning, how you can make a difference change it as a habit. And you can practice savers for people who are uh, morning people. And even for people who are not morning people, it's something that you might want to take on. So hopefully that was helpful. Anybody here on stage, do uh, familiar with savers or practice savers? Anyone at all? Okay. There you go. <laughs> We're going to move on now to the wealth segment. And I thought I would go through some habits of also um, success habits or what we call people who are rich. I'm often on John Lee stage. For those who know John Lee on this platform, I'm a fan of Breakfast with Champions, but I love to go in a lot of different rooms. And he, he often shares, I mean, what are the difference in habits between those who are rich and those who are not rich? And let's part of that has to do with mindset, right? It's having a rich mindset versus a broke mindset. Now, you don't have to be broke to have a broke mindset. And in fact, there's a lot of people who've had a lot of money that also can't keep that money because they keep going back to the habits uh, that that has money like leave their account all right so again i really want to have a very open discussion about this if you feel like chiming in or there's a point that i've mentioned that you'd like to um, participate in please flash your mic or unmute your mic and uh, chime in all right so the number one habit for anybody who has that rich mindset obviously is to live within your means so there are a lot of wealthy people that are wealthy because they spend within their means. Overspending is the number one way that you can lose your wealth. And if you don't plan for that rainy day, 
you're never going to keep that money. So it's not just the ability to make the money, but it is the ability to keep the money. Okay, so saving at least 20% of your net income and learning how to, you know, uh, you, sorry, um, learning how to budget. That's really, really important. All right, so that's the number one, number one habit. The next thing that you want to do is, obviously, for some people who've got bad habits with money, is not to gamble, right? And gambling can also mean uh, risk-taking. I don't know if Credit Ninja's here. She's in the city of gambling. And if you can afford to gamble, fine. But, I mean, there's a difference between gambling with money and then really gambling with money, right? So I just avoid that altogether because I work so hard for my money. I just don't gamble. So that's one thing that a lot of wealthy people don't do or they'll gamble enough that they can play with and not have it have a major impact. Another uh, habit for those who are wealthy is, again, I mentioned in the last in, in the last part, is to read every day. So reading information increases your knowledge about business, about your career, about your customers, and just being here in this room, hearing and listening from all these people also will um, help you with obtaining that rich mindset, right? Like surrounding yourself with other people who've accumulated and acquired wealth. In fact, I see Kimberly walked in the room. Kimberly, are you with us? Can you flash your mic if you're here? Okay, she may be on stage, but not present at the moment. Um, I really want to hear from her because she acquired wealth and was very successful at a young, young age. And I know a lot of young people are not being given the tools or skills to save money. Okay, another habit for success for wealth building is to spend less time in front of the television and also less time on, uh, you know, social media or surfing the Internet and more time doing the tasks and activities that actually have you build wealth. So you want to really be accountable for how much of your time are you actually spending on social media platforms or on activities that don't get you further ahead. And you just fall down that rabbit hole and you're scrolling and scrolling, watching other people's lives, watching other people get what they want as you're just scrolling through and all of a sudden your time is lost. All right. Another thing that really impacts people and their uh, wealth, as well as their health, is having control of your emotions. Okay. So, not every single person has the ability. In fact, mental health is is so so important, and it sometimes cripples people. Right when they when they're focused on the negative. Focus on what they don't have. Focus on what other people have and being lost in sort of that comparison syndrome. So it's really important that you control your emotions. And by the way, all your emotions don't always need to be expressed. You know, you don't always have to say what's on your mind as well or or live into those uh, emotions. In fact, especially in relationships, always advise couples that before they get into conversation with a partner about a heavy topic, that they're doing so when they're not at that heightened emotional state because sometimes you lack that control, you lack that filter, and then next thing you know, you say things that you can't take back. So it's really, really important to control your emotion. And the emotion that's super important to control as it pertains to health and wealth is fear. I think fear and that feeling of being stuck or the unknown is the number one killer of possibility. When people are fearful, they don't take action or they diminish themselves or they get stuck. So it's really important that you control your emotions. All right. Anybody on the stage want to talk about that right now in terms of how they feel that emotions have an impact to their health and wealth? just want to open up that conversation and maybe take a share from someone who would like to uh, talk about a, a time where they were um, dealing with an emotional situation, how they overcame that. Or if you have a question, I would love to hear from you if you have a question. Hey, Camille T. Uh, hey, Camille T. I'm, uh, I'm hey, come on. Hey, my friend. Chime in. Uh, you know, I, I think when it comes to emotion, I, I can think about being stressed out, right? I mean, even recent, um, you know, death. I don't do well with, with, with death or with people being being sick, right? I mean, it drives just anxiety, stress, 
And for me, I, I lost the uncle to COVID in, in April, right? And so, you know, grief quickly sets in and uh, low frequency energy sets in. And so for me, it's all about surrounding yourself uh, with, with, with the right people, right? You tend to want to isolate. And that's never good, uh, specifically when you have low energy, right? And so the first thing you always want to do uh, consciously is surround yourself with people. Do not isolate uh, when you're down, right? I mean, because anxiety turns into depression. And so you can quickly turn that around by, by the people you associate with and surround yourself with and getting out in the fresh air uh, versus laying in the bed, staying in the house, dark, pulling the blinds closed, right? Do the complete opposite of what you feel like. And so... Um, I think we often find ourselves in low places or, or grieving, specifically uh, during this particular season of a pandemic. But I mean, you know, still, uh, you know, get out, get some vitamin D, right? I mean, go sit by, by some water, right? The living things, breathing things, associate yourself with. Uh, TM, and I'm complete. I love that, TM. Yeah, I mean, I, thank you for sharing that very personal story. Uh, and and just if we can dive just a tiny bit deeper, there was was that the first experience, like if you can talk about your first experience with grief, because it never gets easier. Although I know that if you've in times like now, I mean, it almost seems like sometimes when tragedy hits you over and over and over again, some people are so impacted that they don't know how to get up. And then others, they, they kind of build that resilience muscle. So is there a, a tip or strategy or or practice that had helped you to deal with grief? What's one thing that you can share that maybe has made it easier for you during that time where you thought, wow, what, what is this emotion? How can I get over this? Yeah, you know, great, great question. And uh, you're absolutely right. We're not always able to snap back uh, from, from grief. Um, previous um, loss of loved ones. Um, I, I've, I've lost all of um, you know, my grandparents. Right. And so and, and that happened to me early, um, my late 20s, uh, early 30s. Right. I'm 40 now. And, and, and I can remember being in such a low place. I could even remember at, at one point. I don't know whether it was my grandmother or grandfather uh, on my mother's side where I, I did um, experience about a depression and, and even like change careers. Um, and so I know what that feels like. Um, the, the beauty of uh, tragedy is that it brings families together for the wrong reasons, right? Um, but nevertheless, it brings us together. And so, you know, for me, having a large family um, has always helped because we rally around each other. Uh, but everyone doesn't have that. And so sometimes you have to bootstrap it, right, um, and walk yourself through that process. But to answer your question, um, pre previous bouts of loss prepared me for um, this recent one, uh, which was totally unexpected. My uncle was, my uncle was healthy. Uh, he was successful, uh, found himself in the hospital, rushed out, got on the ventilator, you know, because he came out too soon and, and he's no longer here. But I think grief, regardless of whether it, it, it's, regardless of the tragedy, um, whether someone has died or not, I think how you respond to grief makes all the difference in the world. Wow. Thank you so much for that, TM. And such an important share at this time where so many of us are dealing with things, uh, you know, increased anxiety, you know, fear, loss, loss of loved ones, loss of, of income, sometimes loss of opportunity. Um, and, and for some people, just loss of connection, you know, and, and that's why I'm so grateful to be here in this room with everybody. I'm going to move along with more quote unquote rich habits, things that, that I've learned and that I've experienced and that I've, I've witnessed from those of my clients, from, from successes in my own life. And just coming from the space of where I get to work with so many incredible entrepreneurs. Most of my clients are six, seven, eight, nine figure business owners who I get the, the uh, you know, privilege and opportunity of seeing what their day-to-day -day life is like. And one of the habits of those people is what we're doing right now. We And what TM just mentioned, we are surrounding ourselves with positive people. We are networking 
and volunteering our time. Like, I'm not being paid to be here. You're not being paid to sit here and listen and to share and to pour in. I know Mark is next and he's not paid to be on this stage. So the fact that we are all contributing our time and building these valuable relationships, guess what? That's only going to result in more clients, in more, uh, um, not just companionship, more community, more networking, and more possibilities. Because I'm tapped in to Mark, to Glenn, Bernita, Renee, TM, Kimberly, and the new people here on stage. If you're not in this room clicking on people's profiles, looking at what they're up to, learning about what they're about, I actually was on a phone today from uh, somebody who referred me to a potential client. Uh, Kara is a stylist. She just styled a gentleman and she's like, you know, he was talking about uh, finding a life partner. And I thought, oh, you should, you should help him. You should. incoming call she connected me with someone uh, and now it's likely that we're going to be working together and that would have never been possible without that connection and without speaking up so volunteering your time pouring into others is only going to help you to expand your circle of great people so they say your network is your net worth and and that's why i'm so happy and blessed to be on the stage with you guys all right the other thing that you want to do is to set goals Clearly, for most people that I know in life that are rich and that have these healthy habits, as well as wealthy habits, is they actually have a goal to achieve. Whether you have that financial goal at the end of the month, whether you have the annual number that you want to hit, whether you want to take your family on that next vacation and there's a number attached, part of the saver's routine is to visualize and to set those affirmations and to set those goals. So I know I don't know anybody that puts gets in their car and plugs in. A, usually, if you're using your G, GPS, there's a destination, there's a physical address, and there's many ways to get to that address, right? So make sure that you're setting goals and you're setting goals that are attainable. Just gonna do the very very quick smart goal analogy. I, I don't know anybody in this room that wouldn't know that, but if you want to take a look at that smart goal process. It's goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. That is the best way. That's how I usually plan my goals because I need to know that they are attainable. They're achieved within a certain period of time. They're a specific goal of what you want. So just going around thinking about, oh, yeah, I want to make some money, but you don't know how much money, right? I want to go on vacation, but you don't know the kind of vacation. The more that you're clear on that, the more that your your money and your alignment and your actions are going to fill that goal. All right, so let's keep going. Now, here's something that a lot of uh, wealthy people really have a handle on, and that is avoiding procrastination. So successful people understand that procrastination kills possibility, okay? It impairs quality, it creates a dissatisfaction with your clients. If you're uh, an employee, if you're employed by a company and you're procrastinating, guess what? Your employer's not going to like that. Customers aren't going to like that. It actually builds a bad reputation. So you want to have and create that to-do list. And that's why it's important to have those specific, measurable, attainable, and timely goals is because you want to have a goal big enough that gets you out of bed in the morning. I think that's part of the challenge, too, is that sometimes when people are creating goals, they don't create big enough goals to inspire them or to want them to work hard. It's kind of like the the best athletes in the world or anybody who's playing sports. I'm not a sports person, but I know so many people, they want to have that in hockey, the Stanley Cup. They want to win the gold medal, right? We want to represent ourselves and be at our peak performance. So I think when it comes down to also achieving your goals, you really want to shoot for the best. And uh, and so that, that way, you're, you know that you're holding yourself to a high standard. All right, and we're wrapping up. We've got about just a, uh, 12 minutes left here in the segment. Is there anybody who has a question or would like to chime in? I'd love to hear from anybody here. What's a, uh, a health or wealth habit that they're using right now that's really made a difference for them in, uh, in this 2021? going to open up the floor to anybody who wants to share. 
It's quiet in here. <laughs> Who's with us? Are you guys with us right now? All right, Annette, go ahead. Hi. Um, yes, the big one for me this year has been intermittent fasting. So as far as the health is concerned. Go ahead. Can you elaborate? Yes. So I typically, I don't eat breakfast. I never liked breakfast anyhow. So I typically have lunch around one o'clock, have my dinner around six o'clock. And then I don't eat anything. I might have a couple of drinks, but I don't eat anything until one o'clock the next day. So I have 18 hours where my body is not processing food or trying to process food. And I find that's helped a lot. And I've lost quite a lot of weight through it as well, which I needed to lose. So that amongst, I did 75 hard earlier in the year. And I'm doing Glenn's uh, hashtag 67. So building habits on habits. But as far as the weight is concerned, not snacking, you know, at all. And just eating two meals a day has helped dramatically. I love that. You know, I have dabbled in intermittent fasting. I have to say I've never mastered it. I feel like Mark is an intermittent faster. Mark, are you with us? I know I'm going to be handing it to you at 4 o'clock. Uh, I, do you do intermittent fasting? Can you chime in a little bit on that? I know you have a segment, but I'd love to hear from you. Because, you <laughs> yeah, know, sitting I, I, beside you with those rock hard abs, I'm like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> in fact, I haven't eaten yet. It's uh, one o'clock uh, Pacific, ten to one, and I haven't eaten oh, yet. I, I do Cali intermittent fast. Are you in Cali right now? I'm in California right now, so I do I do intermittent fast, and uh, I got into it because I was training our Terry Cruz's wife, uh, Rebecca. And they're big intermittent fasters, both of them. And I just was just from training them, I started hanging around them and started intermittent fasting. And um, I found that for me, I get more work done, you know, because I'm not eating up until a certain point. Like I'll probably eat something after this, after my segment. You know what I mean? But I, uh, I, I think it really was helpful for having my system resting, like the uh, previous person I just said. And I'm not digesting food all day long, and my sleep was a lot better. And I think I utilized my nutrients a lot better because uh, my, my, my body was working a lot more efficiently. So I definitely feel I different. And you but know you got to get in. You got to get in the same amount of protein and nutrients that your body requires within a shorter span of time. So that I don't think intermittent fasters uh, take into account. Yeah, but you know, the other thing that I really heard from you, and we'll hear from you, Monica, I saw you unmute your mic. What I heard from you is you were training somebody's wife, they were intermittent fasting, and by just being around them, you adopted this intermittent fasting, and that's a primary example of you, you're already successful in the health, I mean, you're their trainer, and yet something that they're doing, because you're just you know, implement, you're in that environment, you took it on, right? And it just makes it easy when you can put yourself in an environment where other people are doing it. It's almost the same as when I was a kid or when you're a kid and you're peer pressured. Guess what we did? I was a drinker and a smoker because guess what everybody was doing in my days at that time? They were drinking, smoking, getting drunk, living paycheck to paycheck. And I did that in my early 20s. And I'm like, Damn, I wish I had made better choices, but I just heard that. I don't know if you even caught the fact that you that that that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, professionally as well as as a good trainer, you know, if something's becoming mainstream like uh like uh, intermittent fasting is, you have to have a personal experience because you're going to be training clients. So, you know, I definitely something that I had to do, but just being in the environment definitely inspired me to do it. It made it a lot easier. I love that. Monica, I heard you chime in. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the diet routine or, or intermittent fasting, if you have any experience with that? Or were you just clapping? I think she was just clapping. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. I was not just okay. clapping. I actually, I actually just had a bad signal for a second. Mark, you actually said one of the things I was going to say, which is it is really important when you're intermittent fasting or if you're intermittent fasting to be sure that you're not skimping on your caloric needs and your protein intake. Um, a lot of times I will see people intermittent fasting and they're eating like a salad and an egg. And I'm like, no, dude, not work. You can, yeah, you'll probably lose some fat short term. You're also going to lose some muscle mass. So let's 
And I do not intermittent fast right now, but my protein goals are my um, primary thing. That's my, that's my primary metric that I work the rest of my diet around. And so if you are going to intermittent fast, test it. Just don't short yourself. That's all. I think that was a great tip. I'm curious as to see um, what Matt thinks about this. This is Monica and I'm out. Wonderful. Is, is Matt on the stage? Were you, uh, or did you mean Mark? I, she said I was curious to see what Matt thought about this. Vernita, did you want to chime in? Yeah. Hey, Carmelia, Vernita, tap me back in. Um, I love what both you and Monica and Mark were just saying. And what it made me think of is that you talk about choices and all of these things, whether it's our water intake, intermittent fasting, which I have just started to get into because I, my previous year I talked about like having water be the last thing at the end of the day. Um, that requires that I choose to stop um, you know, eating earlier in the night. And I'm still playing around with it. You know, I find like a good, like 8 p.m. Uh, can be a good cutoff, uh, maybe 9 if I'm a little bit more relaxed on the weekends. But the the piece around choices, it made me think about, Glenn talks about it all the time. There's an 80-year-old inside of each of us who is depending on the choices that we make today. And so even if we were, um, you know, hanging out, you know, drinking and, and drugging or smoking in our early 20s or 30s or 40s, wherever you are in that part of your journey, just know, like, it's, it's the same thing I was talking about stretching earlier. Like, you can start today. And, and making different choices today will improve your health long term. And the older you will thank you later. And so it's, it's just each and every day, just if that can be one of the possible motivators, that as we age, at some there's one day we're going to look back and thank us where we are now for the choices we made now. Vernita Dunst make, speaking for the moment. I love that, Vernita. And I don't know. I'd like to think my older self will thank me for the choices I'm making today. But my current self is not thanking me for the choices I made in my 20s. So... <laughs> Hopefully by being in this room and being around these incredible people, you are going to make a difference and make better choices than, than, than I did. So I'm just going to do our final reset for the room, guys, and I'll be very, very shortly passing the moderation mic to Mark Jenkins, who I had the privilege and honor of meeting in person. I recommend if he's ever in New York that you go ahead and do one of his class classes hire him he's going to kick your butt and you're going to feel amazing about it so if you're learning from this room today just imagine how much you'll gain when we come together in person in lexington kentucky so november 5th to 7th there is a grow your business for god's sake conference glenn lundy is going to be celebrating the thousandth episode of hashtag rise and grind featuring so many of your favorite Breakfast of Champions speakers, and it's spearheaded by Tamara. She's actually speaking later on today, and she's going to be on your lookout for the 67-day challenge check-ins. If you're one of the more than 900 people in this community doing the challenge, we are so proud of you, and if you haven't started yet, it's absolutely not too late, so go to breakfastwithchampions.live for the link to sign up now. So we've literally got four minutes left. I want to open the mic. I love to take questions. I love to take shares. This is Health and Wealth Wednesday. Um, I will just lead with my final thought, just as a wrap up. And when we talked about success and and healthy habits, is or sorry, wealth habits is living within your means, uh, not to gamble. Reading every day to feed your mind, and and obviously business books, not fiction. Although fiction is great for your self care. You know, plugging in and reading books that are going to help you grow your wealth, increase your knowledge, and attract the right clients is important. Um, you know, letting go of the remote and being able to unplug and not go down the rabbit hole of social media and, and activities that are not going to help you grow your business. Controlling your emotions, not allowing fear, anxiety, grief, worry, all of those things that we will experience to control your day. I always say, wherever you can, set that time limit, allow yourself a finite amount of time to experience those emotions because we're not cold fish, you know, uh, people that don't 
get to experience these emotions, but it's really building that muscle, getting that support around you, acknowledging the negative emotion, and then counteracting that with action and positive emotion and people that are going to help you get out of that stuck place. Um, networking, volunteering regularly, you know, pouring into others is also a great way for you to be grateful and to know that you're making a difference. And the more that you can help others, I find that when you've got a big goal and the goal is not on your selfish needs, but on how you can impact others, that money, your bank account is a direct reflection sometimes of how many people that you've helped. So that is a big goal to aspire to. And um, of course, setting smart goals and avoiding procrastination. So that was my wrap up and my contribution of this hour. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.